This morning I'm going to speak on the topic of Samlandha, Abhideya and Priyotana. These are technical terms, the meaning of which I shall explain. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu described that these three subjects, they are the whole subject matter of Vedic knowledge. So very simply described, Sambandha literally means relationship. Relationship means interaction between different objects or persons. So in the matter of self-realization, the first thing is to understand who we are, the self. Who we are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We individually are. And what is our relationship with everything else? So this is Sambandha. And generally it will be understood that the position we are in, if we examine, we will find it's not very good. We are suffering in this material world. So it's understood that we are suffering because we are not properly situated in our, we're not situated in our proper relationship. So Abhideya means the process of rectification, the process of being fixed in that relationship. Prayoja literally means necessity, that which is our ultimate need. And that means uh, factually entering in, or achieving the perfection of life and entering into our lost relationship. Now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has revealed what the proper Sambandha, Abhideya and Priyajan are. Sambandha means Jivesuru Poit Krishna Nityadas. Every living being is in some Krishna. And the process to revive that relationship is Bhakti Yoga. And the Priyajan or the ultimate necessity is to uh, enter into our eternal position in the spiritual world of uh, Krishna there. And particularly Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has revealed that the highest position of uh, spiritual servitorship is that serving Krishna in his leelas in Vrindavan and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has especially uh, revealed the glories of uh, Gopi's service of Krishna and the very special position of Srimati Radharani. So much so, her position is so special that for the Gorya Vaishnavas, they even cons- they even consider in the topmost level of realization that the service of Srimati Radharani is more even more important than that of Sh- Krishna. So the first thing to understand is Sambandha, what is our relationship? If we don't understand what is our relationship with this Supreme, then our the Abhideya, the process to uh, attain that, will not be properly executed. And then certainly the Prayojana, or the ultimate necessity of attaining that position will not be possible to acquire. So according to our understanding of Sambandha, Abhideya and Prayojan, that follows according to whichever philosophical system one follows. Now please turn to this passage. Just like the Mayavadis, they think that our Sambandha with reality is that I am reality. The Mayavadis? The Mayavadis mm. think what is our relationship with reality? They think I am reality. I am one with everything. So that is the misunderstanding of Sambandha. And therefore, their process to realize that is also 
based on the traditional Mayavadis, they will take sannyas. Anyone who's going to actually follow Shankaracharya in his spiritual teachings, or the, the so-called spiritual teachings of Shankaracharya, they should take sannyas. That's where his teachings begin. So then one should execute austerities and study the Vedas. Modern Mayavadis, they don't do any of these things. Most of them. They simply talk on them. So their understanding of the... Uh, of course, traditional Mayavadis, they also talk on nonsense, but at least they, they do sort of follow some austerities and study the Vedas also. And uh, their understanding of Prayojan, their ultimate necessity is to merge into the oneness, nirvikalpa samadhi, that means after leaving the body, they become one with everything. And uh, according to our understanding of Sambandha, we can, we can apply this to any philosophy. Just like uh, in the Christian religion, it's considered that my relationship with God, He is the Father. So they think that you simply pray to Him, that is your Abhidaya. And then uh, ultimately you go to heaven and you enjoy sense gratification. So to actually understand Krishna consciousness and practice it properly, we have to have a very firm basis in understanding what is our sambandha, what is our relationship with Krishna. Based on that, we should follow the process of bhakti yoga, and we should also know what is the prayojan, what is the ultimate goal. Now, what is sambandha? Actually, it's very simple and easy to say that we are the eternal service of Krishna. Now, there are many details which also accompany this understanding. There are many details which are given along with this because we tend to be confused in so many ways. If we are to understand that we are the eternal service of Krishna, we have to know clearly what is our position, what is Krishna's position, and what is the relationship. Because, just for instance, we may be under the delusion that Krishna is very great, demigods are also very great. We don't understand clearly what is Krishna's position as the Supreme Person of God. And what does that mean that our relationship is one of eternal servants of Krishna? That means not like a paid servant. Again, we'll find that idea it's, it's in Christianity, for instance, it's, it's almost like the idea that we're servants, but we're paid servants. Because a paid servant, he does service at the time he has to, but then when he's free, he doesn't care at all about the master. He just takes the money he got from from serving him and does whatever he wants. Just like if you work in a factory, you go to the factory from say nine o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the evening, and then you get some money. You come back and you do whatever you like, and your relationship with the factory owner is that you take money from him. You don't really care for him personally. So like that, if someone, oh, it's my duty, I have to go to church every week. So that's what I have to do for God. And God has to bless me. So there's no... That's a formal approach to servitude to God. But love for God means to, to be... Uh, just like the gopis said about themselves, we are shulka dasika. We are unpaid servants. Kalad Maharaj also he protested to Nrsinghadev. Nrsinghadev offered him, what benediction do you want from me? The Lord Maharaj said, I didn't serve you to get any benediction. I didn't approach you in the manner of a merchant. Sitting again on his back. 
In other words, the in, in devotional service of, of bhakti is to serve the Lord with the attitude of love. That we simply serve Him because we want to serve Him out of love, not for getting any benediction in return. In other words, we have to understand that He is the supreme enjoyment. Because in material consciousness, in, we have a very strong tendency to say that I am the enjoyment. So unless we unless we understand very clearly that we have to give up this enjoying mentality, then we may be performing bhakti following the rules and regulations, but actually not properly advancing in bhakti at all. We may be doing all the activities of bhakti yoga, but in our hearts we're still thinking how I will enjoy it. We see sometimes devotees, they serve Krishna for some time, but then when there's some problem or things become very difficult, then they go away and they stop serving. So this means they didn't properly understand their position as an eternal servant of Krishna. They were serving as long as everything's nice and comfortable, I will serve. And then if it becomes too difficult, then I won't. So pure devotional service means to serve Krishna without any personal motives. Personal motives, they may be of various kinds. There are gross, uh, give me some money, so I can enjoy life better. I need a car and a house and so many things, you have to give me. But these are very gross uh, material desires which I would think most of the devotees coming to this country they're not coming with such gross motives. But maya can be very subtle also. So even if someone comes with a with the motive that let me come and serve Krishna in pure devotional service, someone may come with such a motive. And they may very sincerely serve Krishna. But as a result of their sincerely serving Krishna, others start to notice and praise them. So when one is praised, that acts like an intoxication. What is the effect of an, on, of an intoxication? It makes your head spin and it gives a, a feeling, oh, this is very nice. But ultimately, it, it is not for our benefit, rather the opposite. But people become addicted because of that sensation they get. It's a sensation of euphoria. So in the same way, praise, it makes your head spin. Oh, someone is praising. Oh, how wonderful. Very pleasing. It gives a euphoric feeling. But what is happening is that you're being, someone is being praised for being a sincere devotee, but sincere devotee means what? That he's acting not for the pleasure of himself, of his senses, but for the pleasure of Krishna. But now, he's enjoying this praise, and one can become addicted to the praise. So much so, that he goes on performing devotional service, but instead of doing it sincerely from his heart, for the pleasure of Krishna, He's doing it in such a way that others will think he's doing it for the pleasure of Krishna and thus praise him. He's making a show. The subtle change of consciousness between doing it for Krishna's pleasure and doing it so that others will praise him, he may not even notice how his consciousness has changed. Just like if you're getting addicted to something, you might not even notice. Maybe someone, every evening after coming home from work, they start to drink one glass of wine. And they think there's no harm, it's only one glass. And then they start to think, well, this wine is quite nice, I think I'll take 
Today I'll take two glasses. And then the next day, he thinks, well, I'll take two glasses today. Wine is good for him. He starts to think, you know, I think I'll take a glass of wine before I go to one person. No, only one glass. So he doesn't notice, gradually he becomes an alcoholic. And someone who was previously a, a normal, respectable citizen is now wandering in the streets, looking in the bins for some empty bottles to sell and get some money to buy some alcohol. There are many such stories of people who are just living in the streets and sleeping on the bench and drinking, 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 and drinking. Oh, they were previously uh, well-to-do businessmen. So similarly, one may be a uh, respected devotee performing devotional service famously, but then gradually he becomes addicted to being praised. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mentions, Lab Puja Pratishta These three very subtle attacks of mind, profit, adoration, and distinction. So adoration and distinction, Puja Pratishta, they're more or less the same. Lab is also the, and one has the, when, by performing devotional service, one has the opportunity to become, uh, to get some money. Just like, for instance, one may be collecting money of Krishna's service, and you're quite good at collecting, and you start to think, well, I'm also serving Krishna, so I need a little money also. So what's the harm if I take a few rubles here and there for my personal needs? So once this attitude begins, and then uh, then he he's, comes to the point where he's making money and keeping all the money to himself. So Maya can attack in these subtle ways and destroy our Krishna consciousness. Unless we are very much fixed in the understanding that we are the eternal servants of Krishna. He is the supreme enjoyer and our only duty is to serve him. So if someone praises us, we should think, I am not fit to accept any such praise. I am the lowest of the low. But if anyone sees any good quality in me, that must be due to the blessings of my spiritual master. So we should think that, that this uh, praise is actually meant for him. Similarly, we should see that all money that may be within our possession, that is meant for Christmas service. Of course, most of you are householders, so we have to support our families. But that should also be done not in an extravagant way, but in a manner that the whole family life is centered on Krishna's service. So in the beginning we have to be very solidly fixed in understanding that we are the eternal servants of Krishna. Now, in the professional stage, we hear about devotees, sometimes they even rebuke Krishna. We hear how Krishna sometimes he uh, serves his parents, he carries Nanda Maharaj's shoes on his back. Krishna sometimes may massage the feet of Srimati Radharani. But Krishna Kaviraj Goswami has explained in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that how devotees who are in this topmost position that they can accept service from Krishna, how do they attain, how are they situated in such a position? Because they all have a, an extremely strong mood of service to Krishna. And service to Krishna, this is the basis of all devotees' devotion. It is not that because Nanda and Yashoda are in a socially superior to Krishna that they 
are not servants of Krishna. They are able to take that position because they have such a strong mood of service to Krishna. And that is not to be imitated. As long as we are materially conditioned, we cannot imitate the activities of the Vajrasis. We should... Uh, it's not that we shouldn't hear about Krishna in Vrindavan, we should hear about Krishna in But that should be in a mood, hearing about them, we should hear about that with great reverence. That means that we consider the Brajvasis worshipable, as worshipable as Krishna When we hear about Krishna's exalted pastimes in Vrindavan, that is very nice, but we should understand what is the difference between our present position and that position. First of all, we have to understand what is Sambandha, what is our relationship with Krishna. That means at least the theoretical, philosophical understanding. Then we act in that understanding by following the principles of Bhakti. These principles, following them, that trains us to be servants of Krishna. For instance, one should rise early every morning to form Mangalata. One should offer everything, before eating, everything should be offered to Krishna first. These are the rules and regulations called Vaidhibhakti, which means devotional service under rules and regulations. These train us in the position of subservience to Krishna. When a devotee is fully perfect, then he doesn't have to follow all these rules and regulations. Because naturally, spontaneously, he's fixed in the consciousness of doing and saying and thinking everything in a mode of service to Krishna. If someone is fully fixed in that consciousness, then he is fit to follow the path, the ragamarga or the path of... Raga means uh, the path of attachment. Now, if one is not properly attached to Krishna, then if he tries to follow that path, then he won't actually get the result. It requires some particular qualification to enter So therefore, we have to follow the rules and regulations that will train our consciousness, that will mold our consciousness so that we have attachment to Krishna. Now, our aim is to enter into the groves of Vrindavan to serve Krishna. That is one way of mentioning what, what is our prayojan, our ultimate necessity. But actually, many of our acharyas, they don't pray like that. They do pray like that, but they also pray that Gopi Bharata, Pada Kamalaya, Dasa Dasa Anudasa. I simply want to attain the position of the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna, who is the maintainer of the Gopis. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, for instance, prays, Kita Janma Hau Jata Tuadas, Chatur Mokkabram. He prays that, let me be born as a worm in the house of your devotee, but I don't want to be born even as Brahma if I'm inimical to you, Krishna. So sometimes devotees, they don't pray or they, they don't fix their aspiration to end to that of being entering the groves of Vrindavan. But they make their aspiration, let me be the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of the pure devotee. So actually these two are the same, but there's a different emphasis. Because if one has the mood of being the servant of 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 the devotees, then only he can enter into the groves of Vrindavan and serve Krishna. But if one thinks, I will enter the groves of Vrindavan, and he emphasizes much on that, but doesn't really understand what the qualification is, 
then he can never actually answer. Yes, I would like to go. I will be. I will be a gopi. I will be. I will enjoy myself there. Do you see the difference between the consciousness? Because as long as we have this, even a trace of the enjoying mood in our consciousness, even if we hear about the pastimes of Vrindavan, then we may think, I would like to enjoy myself here. So we should understand that that is our ultimate goal, to enter to enter Golok Vrindavan and serve Krishna there. But we should also be realistic and understand what is our present position. That here we are, we are in very neophyte position, and we can't just gate crash into Vrindavan. This word, gate crash, that comes in English, that means that uh, forcibly enter. So forcibly enter, just like in some stadium, you're supposed to buy a ticket and then you can enter. But gate crash means you forcibly go inside without buying a ticket. So we can't think that I will force my way into the ground. In material life, we may sometimes try to force our position. Maybe a, a gang of people will come and force their way into someone's house and forcibly take away all the positions, possessions. They think we are very strong, who can stop us? We cannot force our way into Vrindavan. We can only be brought in by someone who introduces us. Here, please come. But the pure devotees whose residence is in Vrindavan, they will only take a qualified person inside because the pure devotees want to bring inside persons who will increase Krishna's pleasure by their service mode. They don't want to bring someone who is not in the proper mode of service to Krishna, who is still envious of Krishna. So, first of all, the gurus, they have to train their disciples in the service mode and train them to be very much fixed in the consciousness of how to please Krishna with every word, with every action, with every thought. So it means a complete change of consciousness. That's why it's not at all realistic that persons who are coming from material life, they should be immediately introduced to all the intricacies of Radha Krishna Rila. First, they have to be trained to understand that they are the eternal servants of Krishna. They have to be purified by the process of Krishna consciousness so that they can become qualified to understand these things. Just like Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings, Kam, Krod, Lob, Moha, Modadi, Abhishta, Eshapna, Chere, Kise, Pabe, Radha Krishna. He, he gives a rhetorical question that as long as we are absorbed in uh, material lust, greed, anger, illusion, and uh, various kinds of illusion, then how can we attain to Radha? It's not possible. So, Prabhupada many times said that Krishna consciousness is a science. Not only Prabhupada says that, we'll find throughout the Shastra statements that Jnana Vigyana Sahitam Yajjyatva Moksha Seishubha in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna, I will now explain to you this knowledge and this science of Krishna consciousness by knowing which you will be freed from all inauspicious things. 
process. Science means that it's a very realistic process. Sometimes we have this idea that spiritual means some kind of mysticism. Simply the guru touches you and you feel trembling throughout your whole body and then you collapse on the ground and then you get up and you're self-realized. These are fairy stories. Reality is that guru teaches you a very practical process by which one can become gradually purified. Science means that uh, results are predictable. Just like if you go in the science class, in the chemistry class, then uh, you mix acid with alkali and the teacher, the children may not know, but the, the teacher knows that there will be formed, there will be a reaction and that will form salt and water. It is predictable. So in the same way, there are the rules and regulations of devotional service. And they give certain results. If someone follows them very sincerely, then he'll develop in Krishna consciousness and become advanced. But if you don't follow and you make offenses, then you fall down. Or if the offenses aren't so serious, at least you won't advance very much. So, you please chant one another and just go on from there. So Krishna consciousness, as I say, it is a science. Of course, it is a transcendental science. So there are some elements in that science which do not correspond to uh, material rules. So in advancement in Krishna consciousness, that ultimately depends on getting the mercy of Krishna. So the mercy of Krishna, that is not measurable or under any rule. Krishna can give his mercy to any person at any time and any place without any precondition. However, the following the principles of Bhakti Yoga prepare us to become favorable candidates for receiving Krishna's mercy. Because one can follow the rules and regulations of devotional service, but if he doesn't get the mercy of Krishna, then he won't advance. But then again, the rules and regulations of devotional service, they train us in such a way that we pray to Krishna, we associate with Krishna's advanced, advanced devotees. So it creates a consciousness within us of wanting to please Krishna. In other words, of becoming a good servant of Krishna. And in this way, uh, this attracts the mercy of Krishna. If Krishna sees that someone is sincerely trying to please him, then naturally he will reciprocate. Because Krishna is a person and he is a very kind person. But again, on the other hand, we shouldn't take Krishna's mercy very cheaply. Because Krishna is very merciful, but at the same time, he is not foolishly merciful. We cannot cheat Krishna. In other words, if we make a show of performing devotional service, Krishna will not be impressed. Krishna can see our heart and he, he knows if we are actually very sincere to serve him or not. Prabhupada gave the example that there are two ways to get a university degree. The normal process is to prepare oneself, first of all, to the enter the university by studying in the school. And then... Uh, and then studying at the university and uh, by hard work qualifying oneself to get the degree. Now another method is to get an honorary degree. Do they have that in Russia? Not exactly. It's common anyway. Yeah. It's, it's like Nelson Mandela got. Yeah, but you can become like... Degree means they can make you like professor, honorable professor, but not like master or bachelor. Uh-huh. So anyway, they have this system, it's, it's actually quite unusual that someone in the Western countries, they'll get an honorary degree 
That means without going to the university or without studying the subject, they consider that you are advanced enough in that subject to use that you should have a degree. Just like I, I believe, I, I heard or I read that Margaret Thatcher, the ex-Prime Minister of Britain, was given an honorary degree in economics because her practical understanding of economics was considered to be uh, very good. And, and she practically instituted various economic systems which appeared to have worked. So if someone thinks, well, I, I want to get a university degree, well, Margaret Thatcher got one, she didn't go to the university, so I won't bother going to the university either. I just get an honorary degree. I'm going to sit at home and watch my toenails grow. And they'll give me an honorary degree. They gave Margaret Thatcher, and they should give me also. So you'll get you'll get something else from the government. An honorary journey out into the street. Because if you don't pay your rent, you can then you'll have to watch your toenails growing from the vantage point of the pavement. You get you may a man makes his own destiny. This is true to a large extent. Man is the master of his own destiny. Ultimately, God is in control, but he, reward, he awards us results according to our activities. So Krishna has given this process of bhakti yoga. So if we think, well, I don't need to follow it, yes. I'll just, I'll just uh, take a high jump into Vrindavan, then that's actually being offensive to Krishna. We're not following the process that Krishna has given us. We think we know better than Krishna. We're, we're uh, what's the word? Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, we think we know better than Krishna. We are arrogant. So Krishna, he doesn't respond to that. He responds, he kicks you out. So if someone is in a very neophyte stage and they haven't bothered to to take the trouble of purifying their consciousness and they try to talk about Bhakti and all these things, it will just be a show. They won't actually make a difference. And they will take it as some nice stories that I can enjoy. And they'll hear so many stories, some very mixed up stories, but they won't know what is the difference between bona fide uh, ras and what is not. And in this way they will be displeasing to them. So I'm of course discussing this in a little detail because this has, among the devotees in, in different parts of the world and to a large extent in Russia, this... Uh, Premature predilection with Rasa Bhav has become quite prominent. So yes, we want to understand what is the Rasa of Krishna, what is the Bhav and all these things. But we should know that this Bhav, what is that Bhav, that feeling for Krishna, that is based on a very, very strong mood of only simply wanting to serve and please Krishna. When one is completely free from the mood that I shall enjoy, then he can approach Krishna to act for his enjoyment. So sometimes people may say, well, you know, we don't, why should we bother with all these lower stages? We'll immediately go to the higher stage. And they may talk about very high intimate pastimes. And we may think, oh, they're very advanced. They're talking about very intimate pastimes. But it is ridiculous. Because in many cases they don't even understand the basic philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, in which Krishna teaches us to distinguish spirit from matter and on that basis to fully surrender to Him. So they're talking very high things, 
but they're only tokens. And they may think they're very advanced, but actually if one thinks he's advanced, then he's not advanced, because a real devotee thinks that I am the most fallen. Shula Gorki Shodas Prabhuji Maharaj gave an example, that a woman can start to scream as if she's, start to make noises as if she's experiencing the pain of childbirth. And she'll be, oh, and people will think, oh, she's giving birth to a baby. But, but if there's no baby in her stomach, she can go on screaming like that, but no baby will come out. So you can talk, Radha, Krishna, Bhav, and so many things, but if you're not actually situated in that position, then it's just like a woman screaming as if she's giving birth, but there's no baby. That is why the Gorki Shodas, Bhakti Thakur, Gorki Shodas, Babaji Maharaj, Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, and our own Srila Prabhupada rejected such people as cheaters. They are good, we can say they are good gurus. They say you have to get a guru on a very higher level who can bring you to the highest level. Oh, they say one has to go. One has to have yeah. a guru on the very highest level who is absorbed in Radha Krishna Bhav. But uh, one who is actually absorbed in this way, will he teach newcomers who have no idea even how to hold the beads in their hand, will he teach them about the intimate leelas of Radha Krishna? He will teach them according to their need. Just like if one is newly admitted to the school at eight years old, whatever the age is, so the parents may say to the boy that I want you to become an atomic physicist. So the boy goes to school and they say, my dear child, today we are going to teach you one plus one equals two. Teacher will tell you. Yeah. Says, I don't want to hear all this. You have to teach me atomic physics. And yes, okay, but first you have to learn one plus one equals two. No, no, that's only for people in the very lowest stage. You immediately teach me atomic physics. So they may bring an atomic physics professor and he will teach to the child who doesn't even know one plus one equals two, all the intricacies, he will speak to him. And the child may even learn some of the terminology of atomic physics and repeat it. But he doesn't mean he understands anything of it. Yes, we'll teach you atomic physics, but you have to learn the basics first. So some may say, well, why should we learn all this Bhagavad Gita and all these things? We should go to the highest stage immediately. All this Bhagavad Gita, that's for people in the lower stage. That's true. You are in the lower stage. But because you are so proud, you can't recognize that. So you may superficially learn about all these things, but actually you cannot give up even gross sense gratification unless you go through the proper process. So we see there are some people who they think, oh, I'm on a very high level, I hear my guru teaches me all about the intimate leelas of Brindavan. You see, they're still attached to you know, very basic sense gratification, like watching TV, patting their dog on the head, and eating karmi food. So where is the actual advancement? It's just imagination. So some may say, well, you see, you have to get this guru on the very highest level. But you see, even if, uh, even if the atomic physics professor comes to the child's school class, he won't teach atomic physics. He will teach according to the child's need. If he, if someone comes and says, why are you learning Bhagavad Gita? I will teach you about the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna. I will bring you to a higher level. I am, I am on a higher level than all these teachers who are just teaching you Bhagavad Gita. Actually, we should be, we should be very careful not to think Bhagavad Gita is very low. That is directly the words of Krishna. So someone, he comes and he, he says, yes, yes, I'm on a higher level, I will teach you higher things. And these other gurus, they're, they're not, you see, they're not very high. They don't know very much. 
And then you may think, oh, yes, this is very good. I will go to the higher level. What is, oh, you see all these useless people. They're not very high. I'm very high. So everyone talking very high things and thinking I am very high. Although, uh, practically, you see, there's, like I say, there's still the same old day-to-day life goes on the same. So it's, it's simply a, another kind of self-deception. Okay? It's not, it doesn't tally with reality. The reality is that we need to gradually advance in Krishna consciousness by following the rules and regulations of devotional service. A real teacher is one who gradually brings us up to that state. So we may think that, well, you know, if I don't learn about all these things, then how am I going to get there? I might get stuck just on the on the very basic stage. But we should have faith that our acharyas are not teaching, uh, are, are not cheating. Prabhupada said that do not think that this dancing and chanting will not bring us to the professional stage. It will. Prabhupada said that if you chant 16,000 rounds, follow the four regulated principles, you'll go back to God. And practically we have seen many devotees who have followed this process. And it seems pretty clear they've gone back to Godhead. Many of my god-brothers and god-sisters and god-nephews and nieces have, after serving Krishna in this very realistic way for many years, uh, passed away from their bodies in very auspicious circumstances with devotees all chanting themselves in very clear consciousness. And it seems highly likely they've gone back to Godhead, back to the lotus feet of Krishna. So if you try to please Krishna and we serve the Vaishnavas, and we chant Hare Krishna. Krishna will bestow his mercy upon us. If, if we serve Vaishnavas? If we try to please Krishna, oh. we serve the Vaishnavas and we chant the holy names, Krishna will be merciful. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Prabhu Vale, Vale Lam, E Maha Mantra, Eha Japagiye, Shave, Kare Nanda. I just told you the Muhammad. So, Chaitanya Mahabharu said, everyone should chant this following the rules and regulations of devotion. So, Chaitanya Mahabharu said, by this process, this chanting, this will give all perfection to everybody. Therefore, you just chant Hare Krishna all the time. This is sufficient. There's no need to dance. So, sometimes it may seem it's difficult to perform devotional service, mostly because of our own mind. So many <coughs> funny ideas come in our own mind. So, we have to follow the process of devotional service to overcome these impurities within our minds and become attached to Krishna. If we think, well, I'll, I'll just forget about all this purification, I'll just immediately become a gopi. It's not going to work. By imagination it doesn't work. By making a show it doesn't work. Another time one man was brought to see Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj. He was famous as a very great devotee. And he had to be, he had to have two men, one on each side to hold him because otherwise he would collapse from ecstasy. And he was constantly crying and coming out of his nose, snot coming out of his nose. So all the time one of his attendants was wiping his eyes and his nose with a cloth. So they thought, let's bring him to see Gorky Shodas Babaji, because Gorky Shodas Babaji is a great devotee, these two great devotees can meet. So they brought him to see Gorky Shodas, and when Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj said, so he said, sorry, I don't have time now. Now we're all going to chant, and he picked up some cartels and started chanting. So eventually that man went away disappointed. And afterwards someone asked, well, why didn't you want to speak to him? He's such a great devotee. 
Ravi Shah said he's not a talented monkey, he's simply a pretender. That's why I didn't want to speak with him. Anyone can show and advertise they're very great. But that's only another sense, kind of sense gratification, then you can have the pleasure of people praising him. Practically, Prabhupada showed us the example. Sometimes he would become overwhelmed with ecstasy, but he always tried to hide that. He very practically served Krishna and taught others how to do so. Prabhupada practically showed how we should engage in devotional service and spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. So we shouldn't think that Prabhupada has cheated us because he's only taught us sadhana bhakti. Actually, you'll find all the details of the of all stages of devotional service are there in Prabhupada's books. But Prabhupada very much emphasized on the practical process to serve Krishna and please Krishna so that we can become qualified to go on pleasing him in the spiritual world. There's another story I'll tell you about Jagannath Das Prabhupada Maharaj. That uh, two people came to him to serve him, to be like disciples. So he had them, there was some garden where they were growing flowers for the Lord, he had them working, we won't work in the garden. So after some time they came to him and said, actually we came to learn about bhakti. We want to learn about you know, our, our relationship with Krishna, whether we, whether we are a peacock or a, a flute or what. But Jagannath Das Ramaji Maharaj said, yes, I know. That's why I sent you to the garden to do service. You do service, you become purified and later on when you're qualified we'll see about that. So those who have faith that yes, our guru he has got our best interest at heart, they will follow this process. He will follow the process. They'll follow the process given by the Guru with faith that he will give us, he will award us perfection. And others will try for what they think is a very easy process. This is called sahajya. Sahajya means one who wants to follow something which is very easy. But if it's very easy, then you can understand it's not very, there's not much substance there. It's not very easy to give up material attachments. Let's be realistic. We all have so many material attachments. So we have to become freed of these material attachments so that we can purely serve Krishna. We have to give up the mood that I am the enjoyer. So unless we're very strongly fixed in that sambhakaryan, that Krishna is the enjoyer, I am his servant, then we are likely to be misled even in the path of bhakti. We may think, well, the goal is to go to the Radha Krishna Lila, so I'll just go straight away. Because it seems more difficult for us to follow all the rules and regulations and gradually become purified. That means we're not acting on the basis of what Krishna wants us to do, but we're acting on the basis of what we want to do, which means that we are we've completely misunderstood. That we are the servants and he is the master and we should follow his instructions. So we should go forward confidently in bhakti, but very carefully also. Confident because we know that we're on the good guidance, we're on the proper path and we're on the good guidance. But carefully also knowing that a slight deviation can mean that we'll slip off the path. Yeah. Yeah.